Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm continuing my chat on the anti-inflammatory diet and looking at what the science says about food and its ability to fight chronic inflammation. Welcome back to the show, everyone. My name's Kate Freeman and I'm a registered nutritionist and I'm excited to take you through this deep dive into inflammation and building an anti-inflammatory diet. I've super enjoyed going through the science on this one. I hope you're enjoying the series as well. So you know a lot about me. I grow hair out of my chin. I don't have any gray hairs. But today's fun fact is all about the fact that I actually super find it difficult to put myself out there online. I find it absolutely difficult to do this podcast. I It takes a lot of mental energy to create this, to put it together, to talk to you guys and publish it online so much. I'm so afraid and terrified <laughs> that people are going to hate it or yeah, just putting yourself out there is really, really hard. I find it super difficult to put videos and pictures of myself online Yeah, it's really, really hard, but it's been something that's been key to, you know, my online profile growing and the business growing. And for the most part, it's actually super rewarding when I get over myself and put stuff up there because I get to connect with some amazing people. And you guys have been leaving some beautiful reviews of stuff. And I don't know why I overshare so much on this show. Actually, another fun fact. I wonder if this person is still listening one of my husband's work colleagues was listening to the show and then she had to stop because I talked about Mr. Freeman too much and he's her boss. And anyway, if you're still listening, good on you. And I can tell you way more about Brad if you want to (laughs) know. Love you, babe. Okay. So look, I've obviously got over myself for this episode (laughs) to do that, but we're chatting about inflammation, specifically chronic inflammation and also an anti-inflammatory diet. And over the last two episodes, I've looked at what inflammation is. We've looked at the distinction between acute and chronic inflammation. And then we've looked at some of the key things that can cause this chronic inflammation. So one of the things I want to talk about next in terms of this chronic inflammation is calorie intake. So there's a lot of talk around fasting helping reduce inflammation um, and calorie restriction. And so what I want to do is just address that specifically in this episode and also talk about some of the other two dietary things that have been shown to reduce inflammation. And then we're going to follow that up with some episodes on actual foods. So we'll look at food groups to include in your diet. We'll do, I've got some example days, um, some recipes and meal ideas and stuff. So you can actually start to practically put into practice what you're learning. So one of the things that bothers me around fasting at the moment, it's not actually the fact that people are doing it. It's just the fact that it's starting to become a stricter and stricter protocol and I'm seeing more and more um, extreme versions of, of fasting. The thing is, is that 
there is evidence to suggest that periodically fasting, so intermittent fasting, can actually be quite beneficial to health from the perspective of it helps people lose weight. Yeah, it may help reduce inflammation in the body. And there's some good studies around it. And I've talked about intermittent fasting on the show a number of times before. So make sure you check out those episodes. What bothers me is the fact that I'm I'm seeing online more and more strict versions. So three-day dry fast, so no food or water. I've seen a 21-day fast, seven-day fast. You guys, you actually do need to eat. And so <laughs> you can't not eat. So periodically fasting for really long periods of time can actually be quite detrimental to your health. And we had an incident in the clinic where a, one of the clients was um, doing his own fasting regime that he made up himself. And he was actually started to have a, a quite a distended belly um, and was finding he couldn't just like lose the weight and etc. But what was happening is, is he had um, Kiwashioko, which is protein and energy malnutrition. Um, and that's why he couldn't lose his large belly, um, which is what we see in, you know, the African children, which have the distended ba- bellies, that's protein, energy, malnutrition. So we're seeing this in a gentleman in Canberra, like modern days, 2021, protein, energy, malnutrition, just purely from his crazy strict fasting regime. So, you know, if you're going to fast, you probably need to do it under the guidance of a qualified person so they can make sure that when you are eating, it's nutritionally adequate and that you're actually not taking it to the extreme. So that's just my little pre-bramble there. But let's talk about calorie intake and inflammation. So Excess calorie intake has been shown to increase inflammation in the body and this is how it happens. Obviously, if we consume more energy, so excess calories, more than what our body needs and we do that over an extended period of time, we start to increase our body fat stores. Now, our body fat can increase in two ways. Our The number of fat cells that store the fat can increase and then our fat cells themselves, they can get bigger. Now, there are two ways that increasing body fat promotes chronic inflammation. The first way is that body fat is metabolically active in that it's actually chemically active and it's releasing its own inflammatory cytokines and adipokines. I think I said that word right. So they're contributing to inflammation and metabolic disturbances just by producing their own little chemical party, right? And of course, if the number of those cells increase, there's more cells contributing to this chemical party and we've got chronic low-grade inflammation. The other way that fat cells contribute to inflammation is that as they increase in size, so more fat gets added to them, if you think about them being like a little bubble or a little bag is that that gets full and it starts to stretch. And of course, as we start to stretch, the cell membrane starts to tear and damage. And if you remember back to my first episode in this series where I talked about acute inflammation being the body's protective response to damaged tissue or disease or viruses, bacteria, is that if this cell membrane, like right at a cellular cellular level, this membrane is becoming teared and damaged, it too triggers an inflammatory response at the cellular level. And so we've got the release of inflammatory markers and chemicals, but we've got an infiltration of macrophages into 
our fat tissue. Now, macrophages are another type of white blood cell that go in and they themselves release inflammatory chemicals to help with the repair or make sure that, you know, they're killing the bacteria or anything that sort of infiltrates. So right at that cellular level, the fat cells are becoming too full, they're becoming damaged and that also triggering inflammation at that level as well. So that's my understanding of it. I'm sure it's actually probably much more complicated than that. But what happens is, is that what's also going on is we having insulin resistance, which I talked about last um, episode and we're not, you know, unclear which comes first, insulin resistance or the chronic inflammation because they seem to sort of perpetuate each other's existence there. And so that's how excessive calorie intake can contribute to chronic inflammation. So of course, the reverse is true. Calorie restriction contributes to reducing inflammation. And the way that it works is that it reduces one, the number of body fat cells, as well as the total body fat. So the number of the amount of fat within a cell, which then can obviously mean that the cells are no longer stretched and under pressure, um, which can then lower the levels of these pro-inflammatory cytokines that are being released. And we also know from science that as body fat decreases and these, you know, levels of chemicals go down is that this also improves insulin resistance. And so the cells become more sensitive to insulin, start to listen. So less insulin needs to be produced. It perpetuates its own existence there. So essentially what's really important here is that we need calorie restriction, but with adequate nutrition. And so one of the things that's really important for me over the course of my career when I'm helping people lose weight is there's only been a handful of times where I've done, I've put someone on a really strict restrictive diet. And before I've done it, I've literally said to this person, I don't want to do this. I don't like doing this. This is not the best approach for you. This is likely to have long-term ramifications with your relationship with food right? But the person has literally been like, I want, well, and so I've written them a really strict plan, which of course they haven't been able to stick to. And there you go. But I like to help people lose weight in the same way they they intend on maintaining it by helping them develop long-term habits and maintain a, a healthy relationship with food. But you can restrict calories in a moderate, non- crazy way, ensure that there's adequate nutrition. And this can be one way that you can reduce levels of inflammation within the body. There are two more dietary things that have been shown to help reduce inflammation. The next thing is polyphenols. So polyphenols are from plant-based foods and they are a group of chemicals that just naturally occur in fruits and vegetables and other plants that are anti-inflammatory or antioxidants as well. So they fight free radicals and oxidative stress. And guess where we find these polyphenols? I've said it already, but fruits and vegetables. So a high intake of fruit and vegetables is the best way to reduce inflammation within the body, particularly this low-grade inflammation. And I'm going to talk more about this in the next episode, specifically the kind of volume of vegetable intake that's recommended to be anti-inflammatory by a couple of the studies that I read. The next thing that's been shown to help reduce inflammation, and I talked about this briefly last episode, but that's 
a good intake of omega-3 fatty acids and in particular the omega-3 fatty acids that's found in fish and seafood. So it's a little bit different to the omega-3s that are found in plants, so nuts and seeds. And so if you are a fish eater, this is a really great thing for you to include regularly in your diet. A good intake of omega-3s helps um, balance out that ratio between omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids, which has been shown to help with inflammation. So that's a really, I guess, nice summary of the key, I guess, components around chronic inflammation, what causes it, what helps reduce it and, you know, why we would want to, you know, make particular changes to our diet. So in the next two episodes, I'm going to go into detail on building an anti-inflammatory diet in terms of the specific foods that we want to be including. And I'm going to take a foods to include approach as opposed to um, the foods not to include. So all foods are on the table in the anti-inflammatory diet that we're going to build for the next two days. But what I'm going to do is, is put a particular emphasis on the foods that you want to eat most of and build your diet out of those ones first if managing inflammation is a key priority for you. So I hope you're enjoying the series. I'm certainly learning lots and enjoying putting it together for you. Look forward to chatting with you in the next episode. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.